Der Fußball ist zurück in der zweiten Liga. Bravo, macht Tempo, wartet auf Harte. Herzlang gekommen und jetzt ist es Klos. Also, Arminia Bielefeld. Penny, 2-0. 2-0 für den FC St. Pauli. Diese Flanke, Tor, nächster Treffer. Es heuer, Fernandes mit vorne. Ja klar ist er mit vorne. Kittel mit der Ecke, Pujat, Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Spider Bundesliga podcast. There may not be any action of the pi- on the pitch, but there is still plenty to talk about. We have quite an in-depth agenda on this week's edition of the show. We'll be chatting about the virus and uh, how it's affecting people around the world. Uh, the DFL had a press conference a couple of days ago. We'll be discussing how that will affect the Bundesliga and the Spider Bundesliga and potentially maybe finding alternatives of how we can finish the season as it remains joining me today uh we have four for the first ever time we've actually had four people on the podcast so yeah we're we're going big or go home uh or actually stay home in that uh remark um joining me is uh eva lottebol eva how you doing i'm good thank you fantastic uh all the way from hamburg uh, robert haggis robert how you doing i'm very well thank you and all the way from the uk is gabriel radis gabriel how you doing I'm well, thank you. Without two front teeth, but otherwise fine. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's why you should wear a mouth guard when you're playing squash, my man. But uh, <laughs> it'd be funny if you actually were. Um, okay, let's let's um, let's let's talk about the coronavirus that is, uh, you know, it has become a, a pandemic as the World Health the World Health Organization, if I could string two sentences together, um, has called it. It's become a significant issue, and hopefully, uh, they can find. A remedy to at least limit its production in affecting people. I know one of the companies, which ironically happens to be owned by Dietmar Hopp, um, is trying to find a cure. Uh, and despite the Americans being incredibly selfish, as in Donald Trump being incredibly selfish, he is looking to at least spread it to his uh, cure essentially to the world, not just America. I guess. I guess the best way to start is. How how is it affecting our daily lives? Because you know, most some of us are still going to work. Some get to work from home. Uh, Eva, I'm going to start with you. How's how's this all been for you? Because it's 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 a it's a tricky situation. I mean, obviously, you'd say stuff like university would be on hold for the moment. How's how's life at the moment uh, dealing with the coronavirus? Well, um, uni is. Um yeah not starting before april 20 yeah 22nd or so i think uh so that's not really settled yet uh, but we just get infos every day of how it's, it is developing um the shop i'm working at is closed as of today which wasn't really sure yesterday because um this is basically something that not the country decides himself but the different regions um, and NIV said yesterday that they can more or less decide, the cities can decide if they want to go on lockdown more or less or not. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit weird. Um, but now they're closed. So that's basically, I have no job as of this, but we get like 60% of um, our money uh, the next month. Um, so that's okay. Uh, yeah, otherwise I'm... Uh, not, I'm trying not to go outside, just 
take a walk now and then because we have really, really good weather in Germany at the moment, which is kind of a bad thing at the same time because everyone's sitting in cafes and restaurants, although they have to be closed at 3 p.m. now, but they can still give like delivery services so they will not completely shut down. Um, I don't really get the people who are outside and um, we have something in Germany called the Mottowoche. So this is something for the people that are doing their A-levels now. Um, they have one week where they always have a different motto each day uh, and this would have been this week. So this is cancelled. So a couple of students decided to be very stupid and meet up in a park next to the city centre on Monday morning to celebrate. Um they were all standing in a big crowd. Uh, you could actually call the police now to to yeah, break it up. Um, and they actually were so stupid to call the newspaper. And the newspaper did an article about that, the local newspaper. Um, and basically at the end of the newspaper, it's uh, yeah, well, everyone um, is a bit sad. They can't, can't go to Mallorca. They have like... Um, I don't know, had a house there and something like that and they can't go and but at the end of this little party they didn't shake hands because that's what's too much contact. They were just stepping away and giving a wave at each other. It's like, well, you just were in the city centre for three hours. It it already had spread at that stage. So I think a lot of people don't really get it. Um, They kind of say they're being uh, this is yeah, kind of stripping them of their right to go outside of the yeah, well, but your grandparents and all of them, they kind of fear that they be infected and there's nothing really helping them. So my grandparents, for example, uh, they stay at home. We do will do their grocery shoppings um, because, yeah, this is the safest way to go because if you look at the crowds in the supermarkets, it's crazy. People it just don't really get that the supermarkets will stay open and if they do stress people that work there like be really rude this is not fair and they can't do anything about the situation yeah as someone who can actually attest to that last sentiment as someone who has the unfortunate pleasure of actually working in a supermarket the panic buying is incredibly bad uh people buying far more than they need to i don't And I can understand that people are scared. I can understand why people are panic buying. But I don't think people understand what it means with if if the country goes into lockdown. The supermarkets will still remain open. It just will limit the amount of people who will be allowed in the supermarket at one time. You'll still be able to get your groceries. It's just and 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 the other I guess the other pressing issue is with that sort of panic becomes the ultimate selfish behavior where you know you're buying way more than you need to and there are going to be a lot of people who miss out but there'll be people who actually need certain goods and services like toilet paper like pasta um, and they miss out and you know who knows when the supermarkets will stock up you know they're working as hard we you know they're working as hard as we can to 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 fill and people were just getting angry for 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 whatever reason it's like that's not how you you solve the problem you know these 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 guys these men and women who work in supermarkets are doing the best they can it's overcrowded and if anything it's a guarantee that it all it takes is one irresponsible person who actually has the virus knows they have the virus 
and it just spreads and you just destroy you just ruin it for everybody so it's it's a frustrating situation and one that we kind of need to unify and just be re just responsible that's all it needs um gabriel I'll go to you then uh you were in paris but now you're back in the uk um may, perhaps tell us your experience of of you know the last say couple of weeks and, and how that's kind of transpired for you um well i mean obviously i've has like sort of sought to get out of um, paris as soon as i realized that you know not only would it be a question of staying and working from home but um bars pubs restaurants all those sorts of things would, would be closed and now obviously you have the the situation whereby um president macron announced that you'd get a fine unless you didn't unless you had a, a governmental documentation to to um to be out on the street so i'm glad to be home i mean it obviously keeps me entertained um but it has i mean as with all these things i mean i work as a freelance journalist for the bundesliga and for Bayern munich as well and for example i was meant to cover the Bayern munich chelsea game tonight and obviously i don't i don't get that opportunity so that has a financial and an economic impact on not, I mean, for me, it's not the end of the world because you know I'm, I'm you know, I, I work from home and, and and I'm at home with my family now. But for people that who rely on the income um, every day to in, in the freelance world, it becomes an incredibly uh, unstable economic environment, um, particularly with the UK's um, way of dealing with it, which is a um, a slightly different way to 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 the rest of the countries in in Europe, which is. To, to not quite lock down things yet, but to to kind of shift the blame onto um, onto pubs and bars and restaurants to try and limit the their opening hours and cinemas and stuff by saying to people to avoid going there. So it's it's a it's an interesting. I mean, it's a difficult environment in 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 the country here. Um, I mean, I'm I'm working from home. I'm lucky to be um, lucky to you know to 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 be able to to have a to be in a house with. I mean. I think I'll tear my hair out after a few days with them, but um, to have a large family that will keep me entertained. But um, it's um, it's trying times, and I think as well on the on the on the supermarket front. I mean, yeah, I I, I walked past a, a supermarket yesterday um, around my uh, around my house, and and it's uh, and the, yeah, the shelves are empty, and and people are stocking up, and it's not only a, a selfish element, but also it's a vicious cycle whereby people aren't even necessarily scared of the actual virus, but rather scared of the fact that, as you say, they won't be able to get things that they definitely need. Um, and because people are stockpiling, people then will stockpile to respond to other people stockpiling because in case that they'll come back and they don't think that there'll be things there. So obviously you have that element, that social element, but moreover the economic impact of, of, of buying a lot more than you actually need is far, is, is enormous because as all, as with all these things, as with all economic structures, supermarkets um, have various budgets and have various means to bring a certain number of quantity uh, into their stores, weekly, monthly, or whatever, and, and, and to then suddenly have to ramp that up, particularly when there are border controls on things, means that there will be a lot less things that will be available in, uh, soon enough in terms of, I mean, eventually, you know, there will be things that, like toilet roll and stuff like that that are in, that are brought from from the, the internally in the UK, but things that are brought in from abroad will be significantly reduced. So it's um it's trying times for everyone. I think I mean the the important thing is is to stay positive and to um and and to look at the the important things and, and to look at the the positive times, which where where you can you know I was listening to to a podcast whereby 
people are making the good point that this is, a, this, is this should be anyway in in the weeks and months after this that there should be an absolute um, a huge growth in the number of 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 good art, good literature that should be that will be published and, and things like that because people being stuck at home that that sure to 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 be able to stimulate people to to encourage them uh, to. To, to branch out and to, to look into to, to going into sort of more creative fields um, but yeah it's trying times for everyone I think absolutely and it does you know in the grand scheme of things you, just, you certainly get to learn a lot about people in general uh, I was having a chat with a life coach who was looking for an intern and we were kind of discussing about how, how fascinating it is just to, just to observe human mannerisms when you uh, you face adversity uh, and and sort of these trying times, and you'll you'll see those who, you know, who thrive in such such uh, conditions, and then there are others who just kind of, you know, fall to pieces. And you know, in, in these kinds of situations, as a, as a society, we we really need to rally around each other and and you know you know have that sort of sense of mateship and you know just just help each other if there's someone who's struggling. You know, they, they can't get enough food because there's been people who have been uh, selfish in that regard, you know, f- helping them, you know, with pasta or, or, or making them food or, you know, something simple. I know it, it may sound egregious because, you know, some people won't go to those links. But if you see someone str- struggling, like a few friends of mine, I was t- talking about it off air. Um, one was planning to come to the UK to, for some work. He's a podiatrist. Uh, but his flight's been cancelled, and and now he's stuck here. Not only that, but he's now, as of next week, he's going to be jobless. Um, so you know, he's someone I will be thinking about quite a lot, and and know that if he ever needs help, you know, the door, the, my door, will always be open to him. And it it's it's hard not only if it's a stranger who's struggling, but when it's someone closer to home, it certainly does hurt. Um, Robert. I guess I guess I'd like to get your perspective on the situation, being that you actually work out, you know, on a daily basis at one of the football clubs in Hamburg. Um, how's this How's this situation been for you? What What's the daily routine been like for yourself, and 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 what's I guess what's changed besides obviously probably not being allowed to be within the vicinity of the club. Um, yeah, I think um, the main thing the main thing for me was last Friday. Um, so yeah, Haas Fasch had been playing away in Fürth and that was a very strange situation because um, some of us went into work and were preparing for a match day, even though it seemed very much like the game or the game was going to be or should have been cooled off and then it was sort of getting closer to kick off and you're thinking um, that the game might actually take place. Um, and I was sort of um, preparing, preparing tweets and writing match previews and that kind of thing. And um, then, yeah, I think it was only about two hours before kickoff that the uh, message came through from the DFL saying that the the two match uh, the that the match day had been called off. Um, so that was a very that was a very strange sort of surreal experience. Um, and then after that, yeah, everyone at Haasfeld has been asked to work from home as as much as possible. Or um, yeah, so unless you're ground staff really or security, then um, looking to work from home. So I've been working from home the past few days and trying to think of some um, content ideas for how we can entertain the Haas file fans over the next, what will likely be the next few weeks, because that's probably what it looks like it's going to pan out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, how, how difficult has it been for you, though, in terms of, you know, 
I guess I guess the situation at hand. We'll go back to that first situation because, if I'm not mistaken, the the team were on their way, or if not already in for. Do you think that the DFL were maybe? You can answer it if you wish or not. Do you think the DFL were perhaps a little bit slow to react to the situation when other leagues had been far more proactive? Oh yeah, one one hundred percent. Yeah, the the team were just about to leave the team hotel in foot. I mean, yeah, the, the decision came through at half past four and the game was supposed to start at half past six. So, um, yeah, I think uh, what for me was very telling was the press conference that uh, Karl-Heinz Wummeniger gave on um, Friday um, where he said that, oh, we're, um, we're looking to... Uh, we need to play this match day because at the end of the day, it's all about money. Um, which I think gives a sort of uh, a window into his mindset. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much I'm very much with you. The it was it was clear from about Wednesday onwards um, that it was fairly irresponsible to play the game, and the DFL were very slow in deciding. I think. Um, if I can jump in there, um, so obviously the payments for the TV payments were meant to be due after match day 26, so there was a massive rush for them to play those games or at least have them televised as soon as possible um which as robert says is is massively um indicative of how money driven or um that or in a way this commercialized the bundesliga or just football and european football in general is becoming and, and has become because there was such a push for i mean it was as you say it was so clear from midweek that with la liga stopping Serie A stopping um Ligue 1 stopping um, the Premier League as soon as Mikel Arteta uh, tested positive for, uh, for the virus. There was no chance that the that the week's fixtures were going to be played and, uh, for the, and, and fixtures for the foreseeable future. But the Bundesliga had this until Friday afternoon. I mean, I know as well, preparing for the Heidenheim game, um, there was this sort of, it was a really odd feeling. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, I presume it must have been the same in Hartsfeld because Bochum knew that we were going to, we stood to lose half a million pounds for every game half a million euros, sorry, for every game that was played behind closed doors. So it was, it was going to have fun, massive financial implications, and it continues to do so anyway, But for, uh, from us playing the game. Um, but everyone was sort of aware that it, it, could, it surely couldn't, couldn't have been played because everyone else was so adamant that, that the rest of the leagues around, the Europe, around Europe should be stopped. But obviously the, the TV money is huge for the clubs, um, it's huge for the league, and... To, to now have it stopped at a, a, a sort of on the precipice of, of, of making that TV money with the TV money due to come in in the next week or so, and obviously won't. Um, it, it shows a lot about how 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 commercialised the league is and how how it's uh, how these things are so governed by by um, by the financial packages that that come in from TV and, and from other resources. Yeah, and it, you know what? I was listening to Stahlcast, um this afternoon and they actually had a really good chat about what could happen with 50 plus one being the situation at hand being with the clubs losing money for every match day that isn't played and if you you, you estimate uh, it's about 500,000 euros for, for, for Bochum and you, you just you estimate the amount of money that every club is going to lose uh, from this and whether the league does restart or not uh, Eva I guess I guess I'll ask you this um, but this this is a this could be not only a challenging time for teams financially, but this could be one which almost benefits those who are very 
anti-50 plus one and could almost really change the identity or almost kill the identity of German football as a whole. Yeah, that's that's the fear, I think, of many people because uh, they don't really know how it will continue. Personally, I know that um, Armenia spoke about seven million, six to seven million euros that they will lose until the end of the season uh, with ghost games, as you call it here, and stuff. Um, and for like, we are lucky that we kind of have, uh, yes. Yeah, Sponsor sponsorship behind the team behind the club that does not consist only out of one person but out of several um so i do understand the fear of many people that the clubs won't exist i mean especially clubs like uh for example um who are really struggling throughout the years and for them this is really difficult time but nearly for every Zweite Bundesliga club or even Bundesliga club that are not Bayern Munich or Borussia Dortmund, for example, which um, I think Aki Watzke did not really make friends uh, throughout Germany or throughout the world, uh, saying that he does not think that there should be solidarity between the clubs financially. Because he basically said, well, it's not our fault that other clubs didn't do economically good in the past years this is kind of funny if you look back at the history and mm. seeing that Dortmund had to lend themselves money from Bayern Munich um, so I think but the important thing is also those are not the, the things we should focus about at the moment there are a lot of really small companies that really need our money and really need our our help or even like if you if you look at what is going on in Greece and Turkey with all the refugees coming in I think this should be the top priority as well for the clubs if they have the money give it to to organizations who really need it at the moment or all the other people that are responsible for music and stuff um well we all love football but I think we can all see that this is not the most important thing um for me, of course, I miss it. Um, it's it's a huge part of my life, basically. And I love seeing my club win or play and love going to the stadium. Um, but I also understand that if they have to play until the end of June without any uh, people in the stadium and we are all safe at the end of the year and we don't have to... Um, yeah care about so many losses then i think this is the most important part of but yeah financially and investor wise 50 plus one um everything can happen this is what marcus Rieck said he says i can't give you an answer because we don't know anything we don't know anything we have to take anything into account dealing with the situation so yeah i think really tough times for for companies and clubs in general it is really unprecedented. I mean, I mean, we obviously, we obviously haven't seen anything like this really, economically speaking, or uh, so drastic since the war. And obviously, the Bundesliga wasn't even around before then, so, uh, during then. So, um, I think for me, what I've taken from it is obviously, you, as you say, like football is definitely not the most important thing right now. There's so many other financial structures and, and economic uh, infrastructure in, in, in society that need a lot more help. 
but it's not necessarily the football on the pitch in just terms of playing football and it's and we see football as such a wealthy sport um but really what what this has highlighted is that the wealth is, is severely concentrated in normally just one or two people right at the very top and that everything else it, it comes through and so even for example the three million um odd euros that Bayern and Dortmund make from from uh from gate sales um every other weekend that money is is used it, it, the 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 lack of that having that money every other weekend is enormous in terms of that money is almost immediately reappropriated to another to another source so we uh, it, within the Bayern and, and Dortmund structure so this 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 has massive implications for the entire you know staff for everyone all the way down to to the players and, and even further down to you know, the ground staff to 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 people on the payroll to all people on all sides of the payroll the people that you know run the hot dog stands in in the stadium or whatever um, but even the players you know the play, you can't, I mean uh, as much as as much as the players are yeah I mean I think we can all say the players are you know overpaid or paid very handsomely. They also then have their relative mortgages to pay, and their, you know, whatever in whatever financial structure that they are in, they have been, they have built into their economics, their own local economic that um, that they can they can afford X, Y, and Z that they have on a continuous um, standing order sort of thing. So I mean, even then, that is massively affected. So um, the 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 effect of this is enormous, um, and and whilst I mean, uh, to be honest, I I can only see this going in the way of there being some serious, serious financial restructuring of, of, of both football um, and other and other institutions uh, in, in light of this. I can't really see any other way of that going because it's had such a massive impact. And as you say, it's a big hour. I mean, I feared for Borkham if we got relegated. Um, this is, I mean, if we get relegated on top of this, uh, it will, like, the club will go under. I mean, that's that, that's just. I mean, there's no two ways about it. The majority of the the Schweizer Bundesliga teams. I mean, I, I don't want to speak for Robert, but I know that Hallers far run have run a lot of debts, and, and and so have the vast majority of clubs. If it, you know, there are only I know that only Accrington Stanley in, in the in the English uh, in the English four leagues run a run a profit, and um and and so it's um it's really difficult to see that there's anything other than than under in total financial restructuring. Yeah, and let's actually talk about that press conference then, uh, which happened a couple of days ago uh, with DFL um, CEO Christian Seifert, um, and he said some pretty strong things throughout the 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 uh, the two hour press conference uh, with the Bundesliga and Zweite Bundesliga not set to return uh, for at least a couple of weeks. They are going to revisit this uh, to determine what is the best way to go about it. He was very firm on, on pretty much the stats of understanding that it is the right thing to do in terms of postponing the season for now, but he also is very understanding of the fact that, as we've mentioned just before, the financial strains for a lot of the football clubs in Germany uh, and how this will affect them on a financial level. Uh, Rob, I'm going to start with you. The uh, the, the Geisterspieler, or the Ghost Games, uh, has been very much on the agenda do you think that in terms of perhaps maybe the best way forward 
if they are to try and conclude the season with, of course, the Euro being postponed to 2021 and that meaningless club, or, uh, the FIFA, uh, you know, Club World Cup and all that being cancelled and, and, and whatever. Um, do you think that those uh, the ghost games might be the best idea, play behind closed doors, or or do you have maybe another solution as to what the teams or the, the league should do going forward? Um, I think if you are going to play games behind closed doors then you've got to do it at a point when it's actually safe. I think, um, yeah, I mean, what we've already talked about, not just sort of the the financial implications, but also football sees itself as being very important when, um, in the grand scheme of things, it isn't particularly. And you sort of get the feeling that the DFL and all the clubs want to push to carry on the season, even when it's not necessarily responsible or um, safe in, in health terms. So if it means that the clubs can be um, financially secure, sort of beyond this season, then uh, I think that's, yeah, you, you want the clubs to survive rather than um, necessarily waiting for the fans. But I think, yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm no health expert, but I think that's going to be in at least a month's time or so before it's going to be um, safe to start playing games behind closed doors. Um, if if not even longer, yeah, it is. I guess in terms of footballing terms, it's you know it's I guess quite scary. As one of our uh, questions was on a scale of one to R, you know, scared, <laughs> R. Um, that just reminds me of Monty Python sketch. Anyway, um, how <laughs> how scared that the season might not get resumed? Um, I guess I guess the best way to to, to really put it is. It's a major possibility that it won't, but I would suggest that if there was a season to continue, it would have to be finished by June 30, because as July 1 is the immediate turnover of the start of the following season, all the contracts that go through, players might already have moves lined up somewhere else next season, and if, of course, the season was to somehow continue through that, all the issues that will come through that, it will become an absolute disaster. I'm not too scared if it doesn't go ahead i'm more worried about say promotion and relegation i guess i'll ask everyone else here um eva are you scared that the season may not resume a bit yeah because seeing that um even you eva got it that the euro 2020 has to be postponed to 2021 um there's a small fear yes because at this moment i can't really see a time where football is being resumed. Yep. And actually, Gabriel and I were talking about this yesterday about UEFA because our good buddies there have really got everyone's <laughs> best interests. Uh, they, as was reported by a number of different sources, that uh, they would be demanding compensation from football clubs around the world, uh, especially in Europe, actually. Uh, money. Uh, for the postponement of the tournament. And Gabriel, I think we can both agree that that is absolute rubbish. I mean, it's not only rubbish, it's, it's highly immoral. Um, because for a club, for, for, for an organisation that has so much money, to then ask for hundreds of millions of euros, hundreds of millions of pounds to, for, um, from clubs and, and from organisations that cannot actually afford it, given the current times, is actually uh, a disgrace. I just want to touch on the... On the, on the, on the uh, on the Geisterspiele, on, the, on the, the the games being played behind closed doors, and whether we should finish the season that quickly, uh, if possible. Um, I don't think 
for me personally, I can't see a situation whereby it is safe enough for there to be games behind closed doors. And you know, or for me, if you either play the games with fans and it's safe enough for there to be fans there, or you don't play the games at all, because realistically, transferal from player to player is as likely now as it is from uh, from fan to fan. So I think that you have to wait until there uh, until. Um, there is a climate whereby you can allow fans back in and also playing the behind closed doors will, as I said, have enormous financial uh, implications on the clubs. Um, I would love personally, you know, as the selfish side of me would love to see the, the season null and void because 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 Bochum are what 15th and, you know, just above relegation. But I think it's also, again, would, would, would bring up a huge number of legal implications because Bielefeld, for example, I mean, they no, I think no one can argue that they, you know, they deserve to be up. They deserve to be promoted. Um, but then also at the same time, teams deserve a fair crack. I mean, Heidenheim deserve a fair crack at trying to get a promotion playoff place. Wiesbaden deserve a fair crack at trying to get out of relegation. Um, so for me, I don't think the games will. I don't think the games will be finished by June the thirtieth. But I also think that we really need to think about actually playing, actually postponing the summer transfer window, and playing the playing the games to their con- completion whenever we can, be it in September, October. And if we play up to December, and then we have a two-month transfer window of December and January, as that being the, the transfer window for the 2020-2021 season, and then we play just the Hinrunde for the 2020-2021 season, then it sounds really drastic. But then at the same way, I don't think we can call the season unavoided. I don't think that's fair. Um, I don't think we can call the season as it stands now. And unless there's some complicated playoff system, which I think would only have, be able to happen in, in, in September anyway... Then I don't think we can. Uh, I don't think we can. We can do that either. So I think the only way to do it is to play the games to their completion. I think the idea of shifting clubs up, so maybe playing four, having four teams get promoted to the Bundesliga and four teams promoted from the Dritte Liga to the Zweite. Um, it, yes, it reduces. It massively reduces the quality of the competition in terms of uh, for the Zweite Bundesliga and, and for the Bundesliga. But then also it massively complicates the the TV packages. The um, the way in which the clubs are the structure of the season, would the poor Carl be able to happen? Because you don't, you now have, you know, an extra what that's an extra four games. Or no, even if you have twenty-two teams in in the, would that be twenty-two teams in the league? Or actually, no, there'd be twenty-two yep. teams in the in the Bundesliga. So then you'd have, um, you'd have forty-two games in that instead of a, a thirty-four game season. That's that's the difficult difficult implications itself. For me, whenever it happens, you have to finish the season. Um, and that has to be behind, uh, with them. Um, that has to be with uh, with fans because it's only safe to play with fans. It's in, it's, it would only be safe for everyone if, if you play with fans because realistically, these players have kids. These players have old old family members and stuff. And, and you can't just say, okay, you go and you go and play. Um, yeah, sure, there might be the virus knocking about somewhere around here, but you know we don't have any fans, so it's fine. So I, I, I think that I think that's not okay either. Yeah, and as we've as has been mentioned, reported, uh, there's been three Spider Bundesliga players that have tested positive for the coronavirus, being Fabian Nürnberger from Nuremberg, uh, Timo Hubers of Hanover, and Stefan Teske uh, from Holstein Kiel. Let's there's play- also a Wiesbaden player now. Yeah, well. and another one. So there you go. There's four. Um, so I think that should be enough of an incentive to to probably continue to postpone the season so i guess we should play devil's advocate then and potentially uh you know we can't predict the future because we don't know how it's going to go down but two of the questions we got from steel penguin and uh, david b uh mentioned this you know 
four-team promotion, which would see, <laughs> bless you, would see none of the teams go down. So that would be a saving grace for a team like Werder Bremen, for example, who probably deserve to go down, but, you know, that's the way it would go. And four teams would go up. So as it would stand, if that was the case, Bielefeld, Stuttgart, Hamburg, and Heidenheim would go up uh, in the Bundesliga. And then if you were to add 22 to the side of Bundesliga, Duisburg, uh, Unterhaking, Meppen, and Waldorf Mannheim would be the four teams that would come up to the Spider Bundesliga. Um, Eva, I guess I would ask, I'll ask you first. Do you think this would be a fair compromise uh, with those four teams going up, or do you see, excuse me, another solution which would be potentially more fair and and maybe have a, a better balance uh, compared to what has been thrown around as a potential solution? I think it's really, really difficult. Uh, I don't want to be in the DFL shoes at the moment. Um, I think for me, it's not really easy to to find a fair way because my club is potentially involved in this decision or is definitely involved in this decision. So I'm a bit biased here. So yeah, for me, if one or two would be promoted, so you have 20 teams, um, just yeah not really care about the relegation spot you can like abolish relegation in general for next season probably say okay so now this year only the two um first two go up but instead of this in the in the next year we abolish relegation all over and the third one the third in place definitely gets promoted or gets relegated yeah, it's a it's an interesting situation. If you do take the twenty two, then you have the potential of about five teams being relegated the following season. And we understand relatively well the financial implications of teams going down. Um, Hamburg are a testament to that. How much they lost financially, um, Robert. I guess this is a this would be a big situation for for Hamburg, a team that is obviously trying to get themselves back into the Bundesliga. If again, this is a question you may or may not know the answer to, but how much would this hurt the club financially if they, if, if say for example, the situation is that the DFL say this, this season is null and the teams have to remain in the Spider Bundesliga? <laughs> uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just a social media manager. I don't do, I don't know do any of the finances, unfortunately. But um, um, yeah, I mean, I get my information on sort of. Um, from the Hamburg press as well, and I think uh, I mean as Gabriel said, the Hearts have had financial difficulties um, in the past, and it's no no secret that there would definitely be problems if the if the season was null and void. Um, yeah, I think the the suggestion with the with the twenty two teams is sort of one of those ideas that. When you first think, when you first look at it, you think, "Oh, that's a good idea." But when you think about it more and more, sort of, you know, there are a lot more holes that start to come in it. Because um, I think also when you look, sort of, it, 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 I think it would be good for the Bundesliga. But then when you look further and further down the pyramid, it would have far too much of a knock-on effect, in my opinion. Because then, yeah, say for example, three team or four teams go up from the Dritte Liga into the Zweite Bundesliga then how do you decide how many teams come up from the regional league and then the season after that how many go down and i think there's far too many 
far too many implications. Yeah, I think a any solution, as as Ifa was saying, has um, has lots of sort of pros and cons. But I'd definitely be with with Gabriel in trying as best you can to finish the season because if you finish it. If you finish it now, then some teams have played, have maybe had an easier fixture list, so have collected more points or um, that kind of thing. And um, yeah, so I think try as best as possible to finish the season. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. That's all the time we have for for this edition of the Spider Bundesliga podcast. A big thank you to Eva, Robert, and Gabriel for coming on the show. No thanks, worries, thanks, thanks for having me. <laughs> That's Sorry, <laughs> definitely, definitely silence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's 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 our pleasure to have each of you on. Stay safe, please. Uh, and you, all the best. Stay the fuck home. I think we're going to be off the air now. Um, yes, be responsible. Don't just think about yourself and be safe. Until next time on the Spider Bundesliga podcast. It's goodbye.